Hello, welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast, the weekly show on all things music-related. I am your host, Ryan, here as always with Jeremy. How you doing? Um, for those of you who care, my social tag on Instagram is at SoundWaveSlave, and you can find the podcast information at Noise Avocation on Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter, but we don't really fuck with Twitter. Yeah, I haven't updated it since like 10 episodes ago. We also have an email address that you can send us messages, comments, and whatever else you want, I suppose. No dick pics. Yeah, that's disgusting. (laughs) Um, That email address will be in the uh, description for the episode, and it's just open to whoever. I mean, if you got a show... Question for the people of the show, which would be me and Jeremy. Uh, feel free to reach out, and or if you have like, you know, episode suggestions, things you'd like to see us do, cover whatever, then you know, feel free to reach out. Or you can do the same on Instagram as well. But we figured we'd make the email just because, you know, once viewers build up, maybe we could have a little segment where we're answering questions and shit. Yeah, that'd be uh, pretty rad. Yeah. But uh, that intro music there that just played is the song called Watching the World Burn from the band Illmatic. Uh, that album does release on February 24th. It'll be on all streaming services everywhere. And you can download, buy, I'm sure they'll have physicals, CDs, records, tapes, whatever, um, merch, etc. You can stream that song now. Yep, both of those. And, uh, uh, they're two signals demo. out. Yep. They also have a demo, those two singles. I believe that single just came out, like, Friday. Yeah. Then the other single is called... The Fuck the Price Cops. of Life. Yeah. It's kind of like a fuck the police song. Yeah, shit's tough. Which is great. Um, like I was saying before, to me, it kind of sounds like a um, Detroit Madball, kind of, with uh, Joe Hyde from Hyde, The Alliance. He's kind of, he's the singer. I don't, I don't, I honestly didn't look into who was playing in the band. I know a couple of the other people. Uh, Billy is from Gutter Ghouls. He was in a band uh, called Kill Whitey like a long time ago. Okay. And he's got a few other bands like the, I believe one's called the Ryan and Jay Project or something of the sort. That's kind of fucking fun. Billy, if you're listening, I apologize if I fucked up the name of that, but... I can't. I didn't remember it off the top of my head, but I do know Casey is another guy in the band, and he was in. He was a drummer for Gutter Ghouls for a okay. while too. Yeah, this shit sounds tough as fuck. Um, so check it out. We'll be doing an interview with them when it gets closer to the album release. Uh, like I said, it does come out February twenty fourth, and so probably. The week leading into or week prior, whatever, we'll set up an interview with them to help better promote the album and get you guys a little bit of insight on the artwork and writing process and all that sort of good stuff. So, But for now, in the meantime, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to finish with, uh, in the meantime, please go check out the two singles. You know, if you're a fan of hardcore in general, especially Detroit hardcore, uh, you know, Poison Tongues, Negative Approach, The Alliance, all that sort of thing. Definitely go give it a listen because it's right up that alley. Oh, yeah, it's definitely got that, like, metallic flair to it for sure with, like, tough-ass 
rap style lyrics. It's tough guy as fuck, dude. It's 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 good. Get you pumped up. There are a couple features like when you're looking through the track list, I see Aztec the Barfly mm-hmm. and also Guilty Simpson, who are both Detroit artists as well. Um, I'm curious to hear those tracks to hear the collaboration that they did on them because that'd be interesting. Oh yeah, with the vocals and the yeah hip hop over the fucking hardcore. Yep, and yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it's a good combination. Yeah, really. like it, they suit the two each other. They exactly. they go well. Like Biohazard kind of had that hip hop yep. element to them a little bit too, and I really enjoyed that. Suicidal. So, on with the show. Then the fucking news, man. It was crazy this week. The king's daughter's dead. Yep, that's pretty fucked up. How old? Fifty four. Fifty four, dude. Yeah, super young. Was there? I didn't get to read the official cause of death. I don't even know if they released an official Okay. I wasn't sure. I know that uh, I was reading, and then I believe she was hospitalized, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know what the cause of being hospitalized was or why she was there to begin with, and I I didn't get to read the cause of death. Well, she had a heart attack in her home. It was re- her heart was restarted by CPR, and she died en route to the hospital at the age of 54. It's a young age to have oh, a heart yeah, attack dude. at. I mean, no. I know there's people that have heart attacks at like 20 and shit, but 54 is no, it's young, ain't man. that old at all. I'll say this, though. I saw recent pictures of her, of course, on the news and shit, and she looked fucking rough, dude. Yeah. And, and drugs might have been in play. Oh, yeah, maybe. I mean, she did an interview. She got into dad's stash. <laughs> she, <laughs> well, that's the other thing is, you know, they, he died young too, obviously. But she did an interview for that Elvis movie that just came out. Yeah. And was like I asking seen pictures her of her, it. like, on the screening and stuff. Yeah, and she did an interview where she seemed real, yeah, she seemed stoned to me. I mean, like, she was pretty, yeah, yeah and uh, he did, like, a great job, and yeah, it's just it's 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 miraculous. It's, it's just it's miraculous. So blah 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 blah. It's it's awesome. It's great. Like she didn't have any. You know what I mean? It seemed kind of fucked up to me. Maybe not. Maybe she was unprepared for the interview. Yeah. Sometimes like you ju- sometimes you like think you're all good to go, and then you put a microphone in front of your face, and you're like, um... Yeah, but she's Lisa Marie Presley at the same time. Yeah, I know. Michael Jackson. It could happen. I Yeah, I suppose. Just Sometimes when we hit record, I have, like, this miraculous idea in my head, and then when we hit record, I was like, um... Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I but, mean, damn, dude. But, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a long shot. It sucks that our, uh... Our news so far has been dead people. Yeah, it's... Like, that's I know. not a good way to start the year. Not at all. Another loss in the last week would have been legendary guitarist Jeff Beck, which, I mean, that's not trying to diminish Lisa Presley by any means, but, like, Jeff Beck is a huge loss to yeah, music, to in, music general. in general, for sure. I mean, because yeah. he inspired generations and generations of musicians to play guitar and he's done countless amount of projects and had his name tied into so many different things and i mean aside from keith richards ronnie wood he's it like yeah he's one of the oldest living guitar players from that generation that are still left around and now he's not which sucks 
and he's been putting out music um, his entire life. Is seventy eight, I believe, was yeah, when dude. he went, which is, I mean, it's getting up there, but it isn't like decrepit. Well, our artist, featured artist today, is fucking seventy five. Yeah, but doesn't sound like it. He's immortal, though. That's true. <laughs> we say that he'll be dead tomorrow. Oh, fucking that! I would feel horrible, dude. It'd be like that time I killed the ultimate warrior on accident. Oh no. When I was talking about him and how he was going to live forever, he was dead the next day. Oh, I was like, oh, man. shit, sorry. That's rough, dude. It, <laughs> it was a bizarre coincidence, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to Jeff Beck. His and last album was out in 2016. It's only like two which years Which isn't back. that far, yeah. And he did do uh, two or three songs on the new Ozzy album. And, and I know he's had some... Johnny Depp bullshit. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say, he had that other project with Johnny Depp, yep. too, which I didn't hear it. And I think we trashed it on one episode, it's actually. Called, yeah, it's called 18, is yeah. what, according to this thing I'm looking at. And I also did see in the news about Johnny Depp hearing his last words and shit. I, I don't know how I feel about the whole thing. I mean, I guess if I was Johnny Depp, I'd fucking go meet all my fucking rock star heroes, too. Yeah, I mean, you can't knock the guy for that, but you know. at the same time, like, you look to Johnny Depp for acting knowledge, not uh, musical uh, knowledge, uh-huh. but that's not to say that, you know, he couldn't be the biggest fan ever, because he has jammed with, like, Alice Cooper well, and all yeah, that yeah, shit, yeah. so yep. who am I to say what Johnny Depp can enjoy or not? Yeah, he's got the money, and he's a good actor when he wants to be. Oh, yeah, he's got some great movies. But uh, I mean, he's. I think he catches a bad rep because he's just... Uh, when you get to that high of a status of an actor, yeah, like somebody, somebody's going to shit on you. Yep. But you don't get to that status without having some really, really amazing roles. Like he develops good characters and he stays in that character throughout the movie and he's convincing about it and does well. So I don't really talk. I mean, I don't know if anybody talks about it. I don't hear a lot about it, but Black Mass. Yeah. That's Johnny a great Depp, movie. Yeah, dude. That was like. All you saw out of him for a while, there was that Jack Sparrowish type bullshit, yep. and then you did that, and it was like, yeah, this motherfucker knows what's up. He did pretty good as John Dillinger in Public Enemies, yeah. also. Yep, I saw and that. And like Secret Window is a movie I like a lot by him. Oh, I saw that, but that that's an older movie. Yeah, that was before Pirates, I think. I think so. Yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, I think Pirates is where he started to. Cross to the other side, right, and people right. started to be like, eh, fuck this guy. Because once, once people get so popular, like, there's a certain crowd that yeah, likes to like, hate people because... because they're popular. Yeah, it's gay. And everybody's guilty of it to some certain degree, but you got to grow out of that shit. Um, another news thing that we did have was the new uh, Cattle Decapitation album cover. Oh, yeah, that shit's hilarious. The album's called Terrasite. I have not gotten a release date on it yet. I'm not sure when it is. It was the only the artwork was announced as far as I know. But to me, they're, like when they put it on their Instagram, they had this whole big story about what a Terrasite is, and it's like a a new life form forming from a cocoon of, like, filth, basically. Because, you know, they're... You're going to knock over your Red Bull. Whoa! (laughs) When you, uh... Sorry, that distracted me. (laughs) I I was just looking... I'm just looking for the cover. I was, like, watching your elbow hit that. Yeah, like... But anyways, they... 
their topic for their music is all like green earth and vegan and saving the world and how people are destroying the world and all that sort of thing. So all their album covers typically have some sort of adaptation of that in a way. I mean, usually they're gross. Like the humanure cover was pretty oh, nasty. And I had an old lady in the store get so offended and grossed out by that, so which was funny to me, but I could see how it's gross. Fuck yeah, so, dude. But the Terracite album cover to me looks like that one grasshopper from A Bug's Life, whose name I can't remember because I have not seen that movie since I was very, very young. But I seen that and was like, dude, this is a hideous, horrendous album cover. It's just, I don't know, it's ugly as fuck. And I think that's the point, is it's supposed to be ugly as fuck, uh-huh. but it just... Oh, dude, yeah. It is... It's the face is pretty funny though. Yeah, and I did see a meme somewhere with. Uh, <laughs> they already did. They it. already, yeah, you they already changed it. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not the only one who thought that. But yeah, it's pretty fucking. It's almost it's more comical than gross for sure. It is comical, and then you know if you're a cattle decap fan, uh, go read the description on their Instagram about what it is and why it is and whatever. So. Hopefully the album itself actually outweighs the album cover, which if it follows their last few records, I'm sure it will, because all of their last albums have been really good. Death Atlas, I was a huge fan of, so I'm assuming as long as they follow the same trend musically, they'll be all right. I am not so much of the Cattle Decapitation fan. Not that I just never got into them. Yeah, I just like the the varying range that the singer yeah. can go to from the deep guttural growls to that high, like, I don't even know a word for it. It's almost like a locust, like, screaming at yeah, you yeah, type yeah. of thing. It's it's a cool contrast between the way he can take his yeah, voice to different octaves. Mm-hmm. So, And not a lot of singers can do that, but Fuck I'm not no. a big fan of grindcore music. Right, in Unless general. it's done well. Right. There are a few bands that I do like, and the rest of them kind of, there's too much shit going on. They, like, layer ten different vocals on top chaotic. of ten different guitars. Yeah. And some people love it. It You know, it's cool, but just not my thing. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Although I would look at these album covers all day, every day, because they're, they're pretty, they're good, man. Either yeah. way, I mean, yeah, if they're gross, but the art is insanely good. I think the Death Atlas cover was really cool. How it had that like burning skeleton holding up the yep. burnt earth. There's yep. a scorched earth on top of them. Yep. I like that quite a bit. I yeah, thought that was cool. a good, good drawing. The, <laughs> I'm like almost not looking forward to getting the record to have 12 inches of a bug's life. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's but, gonna be funny. But we'll see when it gets closer to. But yeah, it it's what's on the wax, you know. Yeah. So with all that out of the way, uh, today on this episode, we're going to get into the latest episode from... Latest album. Or episode. Sorry. It's all good. Yeah. Latest album from Iggy Pop. Every Loser. Every Loser, which came out on January 6th, which would have been not this previous Friday, but the one before that. Correct. And we were going to do obituary this week and a ob- Iggy Pop the following, but since we got early access to the obituary, we wanted to get that out first. Right. And just because I was so stoked about it on how good it was. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't know, I wanted to talk about it. I actually, um, 
it worked out good this way for for me because uh gave me a lot more time to jam the iggy you know yeah that too because i was distracted with like four other albums uh-huh. that it had, i had just gotten and i hadn't really listened to the iggy yet except one song right right and then I was hanging out one night at the house, and I just put it on, and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually, I enjoy this. Because you know, at this point in his career, you never know exactly what you're going to get. Right. Like, the album that was before this was kind of like a experimental, electronic, jazz-sounding yeah, album. That free album? Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a... There was a couple prior to... Well, then it was post-pop. And then before that were those two or three, like, French-speaking weird-ass ones that he did? Yeah, Ready to Die, and then there was a couple other ones, too. I can't remember the name of Well, one of them has a French name that's, like, not very fun. Yeah, I can't speak French, and I'm not going to embarrass myself on trying that album title out. But... A little bit of backstory on Iggy Pop, if for some reason you're not familiar Shit, Iggy Pop's been around since the 60s. Um, he's got five albums with the Stooges. And if you don't know who the Stooges are, music wouldn't be the same without the Stooges. No. So if you don't know who they are, you need to go listen to the Stooges, the Stooges, the Stooges Funhouse, and Iggy and the Stooges are all power. Pause this episode and go do that now. We'll wait. fucking two hours later so Um, anyway but yeah the Stooges started in 1967 and they were a band from Ann Arbor Michigan and along with the MC5 who we talked about both of these bands in our pioneering punk bands episode which I believe was like 15 or something like that they both kind of helped develop punk into what it's known as today as far yeah. as the sound, the energy, the stage presence, the craziness, the you know, Iggy has been claimed to invented the stage dive or at least popularized the stage dive. As far as I know, he was the first person to do it or the first person to regularly do it. I'm sure somebody else has fell off a stage before, but they didn't call it a stage dive at that well, point. Yeah, he's a Iggy's a pioneer in so many different ways. We we could go on forever just about that. Prior to the Stooges, though, he did have a band called the Iguanas, which did start in 1963. And he played drums? He played drums prior to moving up to singing. And then I remember in that Gimme Danger uh, bi- mm-hmm. autobiography or not autobiography documentary. Uh, documentary sorry I was thinking book they he was talking about how he had that high rise drum set yep. how, I don't remember exactly how many feet up in the air it was but, but it was on like basically a drum set on stilts you know yeah and he it, lo- sat behind it real short looking like yeah and that was in the 60s yeah. I mean like when you know, nobody yeah. wasn't pushing boundaries no. like that or trying out weird crazy things but that says a lot about the person that he is, where he's always trying to do the next best thing, like one-up everybody, basically. Well, one of his major influences on his writing and singing style, he went to see um, The Doors at the University of Michigan, I believe. Yep. And, um, yeah, because that was in the... Jim Morrison fucking, that's his... I that's believe that he, was in the Please Kill Me book. 
yeah, where yeah, he yeah. talked about it. I'm sure. But yeah, he definitely gets a lot of his uh, vocal inspiration from, from Jim Morrison. Right. With that. I Just almost want to like I almost want to call you know how Jim calls himself the Lizard King. Yeah, I almost want to call Iggy like the Dog King because he like takes on like this wolf persona. Oh, almost, for sure, where it's, for sure. He's just wild and crazy, and yeah, that's he what, on stage and James in real life. Yeah, he was born Jim James Osterberg, Osterberg. Jr. Seventy five years old, by the way, like we said before. So. Didn't correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't uh, the same producer produce this album that produced Ozzy's, Ozzy's album? album? Yeah, we'll get into him in a minute. I did already say five albums with the Stooges. He's got there is an Iguanas like sort of bootleg album, but I don't know if they ever actually released a whole album. There's a lot of a lot of Iggy out there. Oh yeah, and like half of it's bootlegs right. too. But uh, Iggy, as far as a solo career, does have 19 solo studio albums, including this one that just came out, which he started his career solo in 77. Uh, David Bowie actually was the one who kind of helped him launch his solo career and start taking on that direction that he was going. Uh, I know Bowie helped with Raw Power with the Stooges, yep. and then he also helped with both of Iggy's first two solo records. I know he did. Okay, so he did the original mix on Raw, Raw Power. Power. Yep. I think it sounds like ass. It. I definitely like the Iggy Pop mix. Right. More. I yeah. think that the the Bowie mix, he kind of tried to put too much clarity into it. It just sounds like shit. And it doesn't sound... It sounds like shit, but it like doesn't sound enough like shit if that makes sense you it's, know what i'm saying it doesn't have it that garage good. rock feel when i listen much. to it it seems it feels like it's it's far away yeah but then when you put the iggy version on it's in your face correct which the stooges is a fucking in your face band i guess is yep. the point um yeah it's not something that you I mean, you can't listen to the Stooges on low volume, no, really. Like, whenever you... Weird. It's weird. Down on the street comes on, like, you're cranking that shit up. It's not yeah. like a, oh, cool, I'm going to snap my fingers <laughs> to this right. song. It's like a, no, I want to jump around and throw stuff song. So it's not something that was meant to be quieted down or sound pretty or... Sound, you right, know, like right, right. Bowie had more of a glam to himself than I feel that Iggy did. Well, there's a, there's a whole, um, you know, I believe to make their story short, it's like they both needed each other at this time for different reasons, and yep. they both helped each other and at the same time put out phenomenal fucking albums, yep. you know, yeah, both of them at that, in that late 70s period. Most people are familiar with China Girl by David Bowie, but Iggy Pop wrote that song right. along with Bowie. And I mean, as big as Biggie, as big as Iggy is, he never blew up to the David Bowie proportions, like not even close. This is the most famous he's ever been in his entire life. Yeah. And it's sad because he's at like the the second later half of his life to where he's 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 approaching Twilight. He's young. He's 75. He's... Hopefully he lives to a hundred, but you know, like it's either even if he does, that's still only twenty five more I years. Know, like I know. he's lived the better enough. part of his life as it is already. 
So it sucks to see that just now he's getting recognition for that. But from musicians who are into punk or even just rock in general, like he's definitely held in a high regard and to, we're in Michigan, to the right people. So he's he's like held even higher because he's like a yeah. he's one of us, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's like a Michigander and shit. He helped pave the way for every punk band that came after them mm-hmm. had some sort of Stooges influence to them, whether yeah. whether they knew it or not. Exactly. We, yeah. That directly helped shape that. Like, basically, the band we played at the beginning is a band, whether they know it or not, because Iggy. Yeah. You know, Detroit. One band. way or another, yeah. Right? yeah. But if you... Uh, want to get in look into Iggy like before we get into this latest album I would say listen to The Idiot and Lust for Life those are the ones done with Bowie um yeah those were Kill the... City's pretty good but that's kind of like they call that like the raw power 2 yeah I I wouldn't call it that it's all right I definitely wouldn't call it raw power 2 um, and obviously post pop depression from 2016 was a uh, huge um, American Caesar, Brick by Brick. I like Blah Blah Blah. Blah 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 in 86. Yeah. album. It was, it had that 80s, like, kind of pop feel to it. Yep. But all of the Iggy elements that you wanted to hear still. And that's what know, I... It, it's a cool album. It's not, like, my favorite by any means, but it's cool to hear it when you put yourself in that 80s time. Right, and that's kind of what I admire about Iggy is he's like one of the only people that can ride that and walk that line and not sell out and not even if you're like man that sounds like shit but he doesn't give a fuck yeah you know he's like I like this style let's try it yeah and it's because he's done I mean free jazz electronica he's done spoken word he's done just I would, I, people consider and I also believe this that the idiot is basically the first goth rock album you know, and if you listen to it and think about it in that context, it is yeah electronic. It's dark. The lyrics are dark. Uh, you know, it's just it's weird, man. And I'm sure there was a lot of bands in the goth rock category that were inspired by it's, that directly, right? Like Joy Division, I know was the Cure. Yep. All those British bands. I'm sure, Killing Joke oh, had yeah, some type definitely. of influence by that. But. There's an album that came out in 96 called Naughty Little Doggy. I'm going to bring that up when we get into the second track on the new album. Okay. And it'll make sense when I get to it. It's just something I found out that's weird. All right. Well, let's get into the actual album then. The album just came out January 6th. Like we said, it is called Every Loser. Uh, Andrew Watt was the guy who produced it, who recently produced Patient Number 9 by Ozzy. Yep. Uh, Andrew won the 2021 Grammy Award for Producer of the Year, and he's... I was looking into, like, things that he's produced and whatnot, and he's got quite a bit of varying artists. Like, he's had uh, Miley Cyrus, uh, Justin Bieber, Eddie Vedder, Elton John, and just, like... So he's like a huge difference. He's a top professional, pro, 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 and he's young too, like pretty fucking young. But he, I have to believe that with working with Ozzy and working with Iggy and like working with Elton John, like he's a fan 
not just of new music, but of all the older things and artists as well. Right, right. Like he knows where to show respect, kind of. Yeah, and he does have a... I noticed that Patient Number 9 does have some similarities to this Every Loser as far as the production quality goes. It is very polished and pristine, and I think that's kind of his M.O., really. Now, when I listen to it, right right off the get, I I like the production. I do, too. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying you you can tell the similarities between the two. Between, yeah, this and patient, patient number, number nine. nine. Yeah, just with how, like, if you took uh, Speak No Evil, let's uh-huh. say, from Ozzy, and I know this goes with the times, like, right. but and equipment and technology makes a difference and whatever, but time also affects sound, I believe. Okay. So when Speak No Evil came out, you know, it was a rock and roll album, uh-huh. fucking, it was heavy, it had all this, but... Now, when Patient Number Nine came out, it's still rock and roll. It's still heavy, but it's the, Not, the clarity is like flawless. Right, right. Now, and that can be a good thing sometimes, and can be a bad thing sometimes. It really depends on what it is. Well, and the uh, listener, some people love that. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm sure there's on that some particular people... album though. I I hated Ozzy's vocals. I did too because they sound not like. They do sound like Ozzy, but they sound like a computer program of Ozzy. Exactly. That's what I think, computerized Ozzy. But on this album, Iggy sounds fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like, We'll get into how any he, he like takes a bit of every part of his career, kind of, and puts yeah, little yeah. elements of each into fucking all the a. songs. So there is, is 11 songs, 37 minutes. Um, the album does have features from Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Dude, there's a lot of people on there. Um, there's some people from Pearl Jam. There's Dave Navarro and Travis Eric Barker Avery from Jane's Addiction. Sorry, we Travis, went over each other, no, Travis Barker. Travis Barker's on there. The late um, Taylor Hawkins actually did a couple of tracks. Taylor Hawkins is on there, who I didn't know Taylor Hawkins played Iggy Pop in the CBGB movie. Oh, I've never finished that movie. I think I started it once and was yeah. like, yeah. It's um, it's definitely a Hollywood interpretation of CBGBs, right. but it's really entertaining to watch for the fact that, like, one, how many fucking movies you see with the Dead Boys? In oh, it? no, it's fucking dope, like, dude. I get it. And, I just have never fucking yeah, finished it. I like Alan Rickman a lot, and I think he did a great job as Hilly Crystal. But yeah, I was reading that when... um. Just who who was on the album and stuff. I was reading that, and I didn't. I never knew that Taylor played uh, Iggy Pop, and I always thought that Iggy looked weird in the movie, but it was kind of like his. Remember him when he had that weird goofy ass haircut? I, yeah, I, I know mean he's had saying. a couple goofy haircuts, but he had that like real real blonde. Yeah, like like bleached out fucking yeah. platinum, and he looked like that. So I guess he did a good job at embodying Iggy, but I just never. I fucking never watched the credits, apparently, because I just didn't know that. You're just like, oh, there's a dude playing Iggy. Yeah. I'm, so, not, the, I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters fan, though, either. I'm so. not really either, so I guess it wouldn't have been... I think that's going to jump right out. Yeah. Because I would definitely be thinking about Iggy, not Taylor Hawkins, if I saw Iggy on the screen, even if it wasn't Iggy. Yep. So, but it, it was a fun movie. 
I wouldn't say it's the best thing ever, but it's it's fun to watch. Right on. I've seen it quite a few times. But yeah, getting into the actual album, so I guess we'll kind of not really do a track by track, but like, what did you, what stood out to you on the album? All right, as soon as I fucking played it, dude. Like, as soon as it hit, I was like, I like I I don't say I was blown away, but it it starts off quick, fast, and like almost like a Stooges pace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Stooges start- pace was a current 2023 timeline it, spun on it. Right, right, right. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a Stooges song. It's that's not what I mean. I just mean it starts off like in your face, which is which is cool. That first song, like even the first line that cuts out or yeah, brings yeah. up in the song is I got a dick and two balls and that's more than you all. Yeah, yeah. I knew right there it was going to be a yeah, good album. Yeah, and then I like uh, at the end when he's like, I should be retiring, but um, I'm like blowing up my mind or some shit like yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And it does. he does not sound 75 fucking years old either. No, his voice actually sounds really, really good. Right. And it doesn't sound like they tried to... Like, Ozzy, you can tell that they had to do a lot of work with it. You know, that is what it is. Like, he's an old man or older man at this point. He's been singing for however many years. And think about health-wise between those two right now. Yeah. Which is fucking insane. Which is insane. But it's not like either of them have not put like a million and one things into their body exactly iggy pop just happens to be doing a little bit better they had to pull out some computer tricks for ozzy's voice obviously but i think it i don't know like you said it just sounds robotic and uh, but on this iggy pop album like frenzy the first track he sounded great and they they performed that um song i just saw it on like jimmy kimball i think let me look um Okay, I like it came how out on the ninth, Jimmy Kimmel, and they played that song live. Yeah, it's fucking tight, man. It's kind of chanty, like the frenzy part of the song yep. is. I liked how they made it to where, like, if he tours this album, which I believe he is. Yep. It's kind of like a stadium chant type of thing. Oh, definitely, definitely. What was your? Well, the the next favorite. Track, the next track. Okay. I don't know. Okay, is the next track my? The next track may not be my favorite, but that's the single that they just put out. And it has a video. And it has a video, and we kind of thought that before they even released it as a single when yep. we heard it. I figured that would be the single. Right. That was the song that kind of, like, stepped me back to where I was like, oh, shit, this is... It reminded me of China Girl, kind of. It right. had that, like, slow... I don't want to say gothic, but almost gothic no, in that's a way. The, yeah, that's like, the song that definitely sounds has that like almost. It's like a Sisters punk, of Mercy ish yeah. sound. Um, it's like a punk rock Sinatra or some yeah, shit. You know? Yeah, with his vocals, I'm saying yeah, but the background music, you know, it has yeah, that it had all that electronic yep. '80s style. But like you said, it sounds like it came. It's from today. Yeah, I like how big his voice sounds sounds like it it sounds massive like this huge being singing to you yeah you can hear the fucking deepness in his voice did you watch the video i did what did you think of the video i thought it was cool um what do you think all the fruit means oh that's i think it just means you're fucking rotting your shit dude that's i was that's what i chalked it up to you also like in the video if uh, for any listeners, like you can go YouTube the video "Strung Out Johnny" by Iggy Pop. 
but there's like a it's like live fruit and then it decays yeah and then right there's the like beginning. a bunch of still frames of live and you know decaying fruit but then at the end like when he's laying on that table yep. and he's just surrounded by all the fruit uh-huh i was like oh like but it's not dead fruit so no, i'm wondering i'm wondering if that's like supposed to be kind of symbolizing like he's not strung out anymore well, type that's of thing kinda, is, that, is what i I'll took see, from it video aside when i heard this song it made me like earlier when i said i'm gonna go back to naughty dog mm-hmm. album okay there's a song on that album about johnny thunders and sable star yep so and for anybody out there that song cannot be heard on spotify title or any other streaming service for some reason it got banned. You can hear it on YouTube. You can um it's on the physical copies. There's probably some sort I'll tell of you why. licensing right or no, something. No, 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 no. No. It's the first line in the song. And Iggy says, um like I fucked Sable Star when she was thirteen. Oh. There's some shit like that. Yeah. I, that that's not exactly I don't think. But anyway. And then that song's about um, those two and their relationship and him getting strung out and blah, blah, blah. But it's pulled off of everything, and I think it's because of that line. Now, it's just a line. Iggy's never fucking said that. He fucked a 13-year-old. Right. You know, he's like, that's kind of fucked up. And I can see why they would want to pull it off, but at the same time, that song shows where Sable Star's coming from. And then it show, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. her her parents were cool with that shit. If you know anything about the baby groupie bullshit, like she was out running around looking like a 30 year old woman at fucking 16 or whatever, trying to be right. not 30, like 20. But and then I was wondering if these are, cause he's strung out. Johnny's talking about Johnny thunders again, or is From, it just using Johnny? It's probably just using Johnny. I believe that Johnny itself, like in the song is just spoken to any Child, yeah, any Johnny, yeah. Like John Doe type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's kind of what Johnny I was thinking. as a child is, he's saying, like, don't start doing this shit. It fucking kills right. your body. This like, is, you'll it, rot your shit. And he's telling you, like, the steps of how it happens. Like, but you, my favorite first line you is. you do it with your friends, then you're doing it again, and then, like. Oh, yeah, in the chorus. You know, so he's, like, explaining how getting strung out happens, I felt like. But I, no, well, okay, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the steps to, like, the actual physical steps of becoming addicted to whatever. Right. But when he says, God made me a junkie, but Satan told me so. Yeah. That shit is, like, best line on the fucking album, dude. And that shit is true. There was a... There are some humorous lines on the album too. Oh my god, like, fuck a yeah. lot! Uh, <laughs> like even the next song, "New Atlantis," yeah, opens up like fucking hilarious. Between Alabama and Cuba, yeah, plays Here a lies whore a of a city. city. That's a beautiful whore. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and he's talking about Miami, which is where he currently right. resides. It's his retirement place, if you will. That's where our Michiganders go, man. Not this one. We had this conversation last Ah, week. Fuck that. ain't going to Florida. Oh. Yeah, Strung Out Johnny, I think, was my probably my favorite song on the album, or at at least at this point, it's my most listened to song, just because it's... 
But that's yeah. It's like an Iggy ballad almost. I think that'll end up on a greatest hits. Like yeah. at, at some point. I would agree. For um, sure. When they when they do compile a greatest hits, and an I, official greatest hits, because yeah, there's yeah, been yeah. a bunch of them that are like, all the like shit. Jesus loves the Stooges and like they're Death cool, Trip though. and shit. They're all cool, but there's never been an official best. Right, of, right. Which I kind of appreciate in a way because usually when a band or an artist hits the best of, dude, yeah, in their career, yeah. it's done. Well, I actually have a best of Iggy cassette, but it's from. New Values era, oh, and it's just okay. called Choice Cuts, but it's just, and there's nothing from the Stooges on it either. It's just basically shit from three albums. Gotcha. So it's it, I mean, you know not I, so much a best of, but cuts from a those, certain period right. in his career. Yeah, yeah, that came out at that period to fucking sell more shit, apparently, you know. New Atlantis I liked quite a bit also. It was... Um, they, they all jam. The more I listen to this album... The more I like it, that's yeah. one of those for sure. I've only honestly listened to it all the way through, front to back, like four or five times. Um, I think I'm about the same. Like we listened to it at the store. Um, I showed Steve; yeah, yeah. he really liked it. And then, like, I listened to it a few times at home and working out and whatever, yeah. and just to get a general sense of feel about how I felt about each song individually. Uh huh. And I mean, I like it. It's. I think it's dope. I don't I think like, it's the best thing in his career by any means, but no, no, the not fact at all. that he's putting this out at seventy-five and that's it's, what makes it fucking and insane. it's better than what a lot of other people are putting out at that age is that is impressive on its own. Like, and it's not like the guy has to prove or say anything at this point in his career. Cause no, and that's and that's what makes it. it. I think. Good. He doesn't have that pressure, so he's gonna do what he wants. And in this case, and he doesn't have this an comes in, out this inflated ego. Of no, like, not at all. Oh, I'm the next John Lennon uh, or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still got humor to him. He's still like, at this point, he's almost like this cranky old bitter punk rocker, but has like this Iggy side of humor to him that oh, he's yeah, always dude. had in his music. Like, he's that, a fucking clever son of a bitch, dude. That neo-punk song where he's like, old ladies come when I yeah, flash yeah, my yeah, junk. Yeah, yeah. Or there was another song where he says he's going to blow up a turd. Like, just shit like that. Like, I mean, like, your 75-year-old grandpa can barely get off the couch at fucking right. his age. And Iggy Pop is still writing and rocking. He'd and probably still slap his dick against a fucking guarantee amplifier. Would. Might not have funny. a big thud anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all old and shit. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a... Uh, like you said, though, at 37 minutes, it's like a punk record, and it's fucking short, man. But I was reading that's kinda that how he... I like it like that. Yeah. Well, that's like the MO for the studios. Right, really. right. They would do like a handful of songs, like six, seven songs, and then have like one instrumental that was longer. Yep. But then it'd be like a half-hour album. And I was reading that he did want to do this album a little bit shorter but andrew watt the producer was pushing him to do it a little bit longer oh so they were actually gonna be it was gonna be shorter than the 37 minutes yeah like because he was like dude back in the day like we used to just do seven songs right, and then right. throw in an instrumental or something and we'd be good call it an album and he wanted him to put more into it i guess and i think that's what uh modern day ripoff is about if i remember correctly 
Yeah, that song, I I could see that now that you say that. I didn't know that information until now, but that definitely makes sense. I was reading it in an interview on Pitchfork, maybe, or something like that, or Revolver, or something. Okay. One, one of those sites. And it kind of gave a little insight to that. It didn't really say much past that, but... And then moving on, track five, Morning Show. This was another slower song where it's just... To me, it was like about a person just repeating the same day over and over. Yeah, it was like Groundhog's yeah. Day in a way, you know? It's, it's put on your face and go, going to do the morning show. Or I guess it could have been about a talk show host. I don't know. I think it's a weak song on it, actually. It was. Um, but I do like that. Like I use this already, but I do like that Sinatra-esque oh, style Iggy. Because he has that voice. That well, that's like you... on the idiot, man. That's like, if you're into this sound, that's where it's at. The idiot, is. Yeah. he's got that like deep fuck. And that's where that kind of like gothy sound comes in. When he does that crooning, man, it's fucking awesome. And then the news for Andy was an interlude track, which as far as I know is dedicated to Andy Warhol. Not, uh, yeah. not Andy Watt on the album. Or not to be confused with Andy Watt, who produced the album. But as far as I know, that was dedicated to Warhol. Um, Neo Punk was another song that started off real fast and quick, like Frenzy did. Yep. That was the song that had Travis Barker on drums. And from what I read was basically about how punk has become a fashion sense, really, at this point, and more le- not as much music as it is a sense of style. Yeah, and you almost have to um, look around, and it is. It is, for sure. Because, I mean, you got Kardashians and shit wearing, wearing Metallica fucking t-shirts, Metallica t-shirts, and people wearing Gorilla Biscuits hoodies and don't even know who yeah, Gorilla Biscuits are. I fucking hate that shit, man. Motherfuckers like, biting our shit. Um, yeah, shit like that, but... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Another, I, I liked the song Comments a lot, though. And I really liked All the Way Down. Oh, that's right. I skipped a song. Yeah. My bad. I go was going go back. ahead on yeah. all the way down. All the way down's where the fucking I'm going to blow up a turd line is. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah. I, love I couldn't that. remember if it was that or modern day ripoff. No, the turd, the turd line. I'm, is <laughs> the, the turd line's in all the way down. The turd's that's all the way rocker. down. And, uh, you know, it's like a, almost like a stoner kind of song, really. Yeah. I love it. Well, that was the song about how he, like, can't do any, like, because he was like, I ran out of blow a long time ago. I can't smoke yep. a joint. My lung will fly across the room type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. But that I really was, enjoyed that. Yeah, that it was good. Well. I liked comments a lot. Comments is awesome, Just because too. of the, I mean, like, the analogy that he's presenting in the song of, like, sell your face to Hollywood. They're paying good. And yep. um, I read that this was basically about social media comments and why, like, whether they're good or bad or whatever is just disgusting how social media has become what it is at this point where everybody's bitching at each other or at each other's throats over whatever and like shit like that is if i could go back to fucking 98 to 2002 where there was only a few people with cell phones that i knew because we were fucking northern michigan broke i wouldn't heartbeat dude yeah i fucking i it is, I will say it's great for business, 
No, and it's great for doing this podcast. It's and great for, for finding yeah, yeah. music. Yeah, but there's a lot of good to it, but then the there's a lot of, of people... shit that... Oh, yeah, there's people that, like... I have this discussion all the time, and I see this all the time, where people are like, the writing in music now is terrible. Nobody put out anything good past 1986, or nobody did this, or, like... It's just everything sucks if it's not in their generation of music. But you have this tool of the internet uh-huh. to find all of these great, amazing things, but yet all you're doing is scrolling and liking and commenting on dumb shit. You're not utilizing it to what it could be utilized for. Oh, it's such for. a fucking waste of time. And dude. if something's not put down your throat by your algorithm or by a radio station or by whatever, like you're not taking the initiative to go out and check out something new. There are plenty of new things that are complete shit. But that's where we come in <laughs> on the flip side of that coin. There are plenty of new things that are really, really good. Like, obviously, the new obituary that we talked about last week, this new Iggy Pop is really good. There's uh, hundreds of artists releasing things daily, weekly, whatever, that aren't getting any mass recognition on social media platforms oh, because they're buried by all this bullshit. Yeah, and it's fucking good shit. And that's where we come in. Exactly. And that's... uh, We're finding your diamonds in the rough for you because you're lazy. Pretty much. (laughs) You know, but no, that's like... That's straight up the reason why we started doing it, though, is to, like, bring light to some shit that people don't listen to all the time or don't know or, like you just said, gets buried by some fucked up thing called an algorithm. All I gotta say, dude, is I grew up in a time when T2 came out, fucking Skynet, this shit is gonna happen. Be prepared. (laughs) <laughs> fucking Terminator. You know it, dude. Yeah, I uh, think we pretty much covered most of the album. I mean, there's a couple interludes on there, and then The Regency was the final track on there. What do you think of the fucking packaging? I thought it was uh Yeah, the album, good. that's what I was going to get into next. The packaging, I mean, typically now when you get a $25 record, you have... A paper inner sleeve inside of a record jacket, nothing else. And in this album, like you get this booklet that's like six, seven pages and full of artwork, full of song lyrics. It has all these yeah, cool really different nice. pictures. And they put together a nice package for you and know, what you they're also selling get it a, for. A separate inner sleeve for the record. Yep. But it's the album cover itself, like I don't know who the artist is off the top of my head, and I didn't really see that anywhere. But to me, is and like I tried a, to find that out too, and I couldn't. I couldn't figure. I couldn't, I couldn't find, find it, it anywhere. So I, like, I think it's cool. It's like yeah, no, it's like a watercolor painting, but in black and white. Yeah. I guess I don't see how it relates to the Every Loser title, though. Maybe you got to stare but, at it while listening to the record, let your maybe, eyes cross. Or maybe it's taking a stab at. Every loser thinks they're a fucking artist. Could be. And really isn't. But then I don't at know. the same time, I'm a believer that everybody can be an artist. Yeah, I mean, art's open to interpretation and all, but... but yeah, it is... But I, I see your point, though, as well. Like I'm just trying to, like, figure out a I know fucking... A people, actual... Dude, you want to get a tattoo? Fuck no, man, you can't even draw a fucking yeah. stick figure cartoon. I wonder if Iggy himself did the... Artwork for the cover. I also wondered that. And oh wait, here it is. Cover artwork: Raymond Pettibon. Alternate cover photography: Mick Rock. Yeah, and additional Mick Rock. photographer. 
For anybody that doesn't know the name Mick Rock, he is basically the most famous rock photographer, one of them that there is. In fact, uh, I do have an Iggy Pop Mark Rock little tin collection thing. came with a 45 and a booklet with a lot of Iggy photos. It's fairly uh, reasonable. I don't know. It's out there. If you get a chance, check it out. So the producer actually did background vocals, guitars, piano, keyboards, and percussion on the album. Oh, wait, that was for, that was, well, I'm sorry. You're getting that, it's like for a track, That was for the Regency. I was, uh, I have that booklet put in the back of the record. Oh, I I got you. I was thinking I was looking at the record itself, but I was looking at for the Regency. Uh, I see. But I did see, like, on a few other songs, like, Andrew Watt has writing credits on some of the songs, and then, like, the featured musicians, Duff and Chad and uh, et cetera, like, they have writing credits on the songs as well. Yeah, there's I will a lot. say, oh yeah, there's quite a bit. There's only a few like if that you are go, just pop and watt. Because he's has background vocals and guitars and quite a bit of the shit actually. But yeah, I'll definitely pick up the album. Like if you're an Iggy Pop fan, just, oh definitely. I mean, yeah, if you're into Iggy, dude, this is definitely uh This could be his last record. body of work for all you know. Right. Like I really hope it's not. But out of nineteen, what nineteen solo records? Yeah. 19. We'll say out of that, not including the Stooges, because the Stooges is good without saying. And uh, you, uh, you heard me earlier, fucking stop this shit, go listen to it. But I would put this album in Iggy's discography. I'd put it in the middle, you know? Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Which, um, we've said this time and time again, like, you have a career that long, you're gonna come out with some fucking Weird bombers. Shit, yeah. But, or weird shit. Too, I'll say yeah. this, every album, though, has something on it. Even if the whole album in its entirety isn't good. Right. There's, there's something. something there to it to be uncovered for like, sure. Uh, blah, blah, blah was fucking awesome, right? Well, then the next album, Instinct, is kind of, uh, it's not that great. But Steve Jones is on it. So that, that kind of almost makes up for it when you listen to it. I don't know. Different things. They all have something to offer. Um, I liked Pope post-pop depression quite a bit like before this one coming out right. like that was my favorite iggy record okay. in recent times okay i thought that that he did a fucking killer job like the with um the josh from queens of the stone yep, age yep. and then i think there was one other guy from queens of the stone oh, that, age as well that too. album got a lot of fucking um recognition as well as it deserved it and that was right around the time i believe they got into the rock and roll hall of fame the Stooges, and anybody gets a chance to watch that, watch them sing I Want to Be a Dog. The induction ceremony. Yeah, and yeah. he runs around these tables, all these old people, and they're looking at him like, what the fuck is this <laughs> shit? Like, it's it's aw- it's it's awesome. Yeah. I liked um, how they put I Want to Be Your Dog in that Cruella movie that just came out not that long ago where she killed Cruella's dogs and made them into a coat and was wearing them for a fashion show. And then they put us And then as she's there. walking down the runway, they're playing I Want to Be Your Dog. And I was like, man, that's fucking awesome for it. And for a Disney movie to do that, to me, it was like, holy shit. And that's why Iggy Pop is doing all right. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he got paid handsomely oh, from fuck. that. I would, I'd from charge. a Disney production, you would have had to. But yeah. it was a cool movie. So for anybody that has seen the movie, that song, that's Iggy Pop. Yeah. Um, that's about all I have on it, though, for real. Yeah, I mean, we've filled up quite a bit of time, actually. With that being said, every, Iggy Pop, Every Loser... Go check it out, stream it, buy it. Um, we do have copies in the store still. I got a few of the vinyl copies here. That are on red. CDs I don't have any more of currently, but I can get them still. So if you're a local and you're trying to pick up the album, come to me. I will get you the album. And yeah, that's really all I got. But at the end of this episode here right now, we're going to end with a full track from the band Illmatic. That's what we were playing in the beginning of the episode. If you forgot already an hour later... Um, from their upcoming album, Watching the World Burn. Illmatic. But, yeah, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week um, with some more new stuff for you. So here is Watching the World Burn by Illmatic. Peace.
A sacrifice There's no guarantee